Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. Today and joining us is the head, the chair of the Democratic National Committee, Democrats.org. Let me welcome South Carolina's own Jamie Harrison. Hi. Hello. Hello, Karen. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Tanya. Same. Same. Okay. Um, I feel like messaging-wise, voting rights should have been that drum beat from day one that just kept being beaten, beaten, and beaten, and beaten until people uh, got browbeaten into doing it. Instead, we rely on speeches and fingers crossed and hope that folk find their better angels. Before you came on, I mentioned, I think, roughly 16 Republicans in 2006 who voted for voting rights, including old-ass Chuck Grassley, who actually in 1982 not only voted for voting rights, but co-sponsored the Voting Rights uh, Act reauthorization. What is happening now, Jamie Harrison, and what can we do to get voting rights passed in this country? Well, well, Karen, uh, you know, voting rights from the very start has been something that, that has been on 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 my lips, on my mind. It's been in my every call I make to the United States Senate since I became DNC chair. Uh, it has been one of the top topics um, uh, for me, and and I and I know you know the the vice president and and the president have had conversations about this as well. I mean, you know, the difference. I was on Morning Joe this morning, and they were asking me, uh, particularly on these 16 Republicans who voted for this bill in 2006. And Karen, I was a staffer on the floor of the House. I worked with John Lewis and Jim Clyburn and John Conyers and so many to get the Voting Rights Act reauthorization. We had George W. Bush, who was president. Uh, The Republicans control the House. They can control the Senate. And this bill, which is almost a carbon copy of the John Lewis Voting Rights Act that we're trying to get passed right now, passed the House of Representatives with 390 votes. It passed the Senate with 98 to zero, meaning that every member of the United States Senate, with the exception of two because they just weren't there, voted for this legislation. And 16 Republicans, Either whether they were in the Senate or in the House, they voted for this bill right now, including Lindsey Graham and all these other folks who are performing and saying, oh, the Democrats are trying to take over voting. Hell no. We are focused on making sure that every person in this country has the right to vote. That should not be a partisan issue. It has not always been a partisan issue in the past. It wasn't when they passed this bill in 2006. So what's the difference right now? The difference is since that time, since 2006, they have seen the power of black and brown people go to the polls and make a difference in those polls. And therefore they have been on the losing end of that. And now they are saying, well, we got to go back to restricting and making it much more difficult, but not even making it more difficult for people to get registered or for people to cast their ballots. They're even trying to make it more difficult in terms of the counting of the votes. So you could have been registered, you could go to the polls, you can stand in the lines for eight hours, you can do all this and not get a bottle of water. And once you have cast your ballot, they can now go in and take a look and say, well, this person's ballot should not be counted and this person's ballot should not be counted because of whatever arbitrary mess that they come up with. That is where we are. So the Republican Party has become the party of fear and fascism. And we got to call it for what it is. 
Now that also means that the weight then of getting this thing done falls all on the Democratic Party because we can't rely on anybody on the Republican Party side to get it done. And we still got folks who are wondering, well, or uh, about you know Senate rules and all that. Listen, listen, I understand. I understand, uh, and and in some part of me, maybe even have a, an institutionalist appreciation for where folks are about where Congress used to be and how it used to operate. But the reality of the situation is, Karen, that is a long time ago, and that is not this Congress. Uh, and we are seeing a full-fledged attack on voting rights in this country. There's a poem etched on the, the walls of the Holocaust Museum that called that is, is uh, it's called First They Come. I think is uh, New, Martin Niemöller. Mm -hmm. Yes, Martin Niemöller. And they and first they come and they come for all these various groups and finally uh, they came for that that person that individual. I want no folks to understand. And there was no one left. And, and, and there was no one left. Right. I want folks to understand us. This is not, voting rights is not a black issue. Be clear with us. This is the start of something. In When you have a fascist government, it ain't just about this one. It's always about the other group. Well, you get rid of the black folks, who becomes the new other group? You get rid of the Latinos, who becomes the new other group? We need to understand. Everybody needs to understand. Yeah, eventually, it, it, then it comes to women, right? Then it comes to other religious. People need to understand. If they open the door here, if we all don't stand up and say not only no, but hell no, we won't go back, then this will become a very slippery slope. And yes, Black folks may get the first brunt of it, but I can tell you what, there are going to be a lot of other people who will suffer in this nation if we all don't stand up and say enough is enough. We're not going to go back to these times. Yes. 866-801-8255. Jamie Harrison is here, uh, head of the DNC. Uh, I'm looking at Chuck Grassley's 89-year-old ass uh, <laughs> wanting to run again. And I'm saying that not as an ageist, but you have... <laughs> So there's nobody else in Iowa that that you could have groomed to sit in that seat. Like what? There, there's there's something going on with the power structure. I, I know that John Ossoff has put forth a bill, hopefully uh, that will be seen to uh, make it impossible for people in Congress to trade to, to trade on the stock market, which I think should be the case. Like you shouldn't insider trade and sit in that seat. Like I, I think there's a conflict of interest there. I just think there is. Um, but but there's something else here. So Grassley, Mike Crapo from Idaho, John Thune, John Boozman from Arkansas, and Jerry Moran from Kansas, they're up for re-election in 2022. You talk about this attack. What's the counterattack, Jamie Harrison? And how do we target Iowa, Idaho, South Dakota's going to be tough, Arkansas, and Kansas? How do we target this? And then Marsha Blackburn in 2024 and Roger Wicker in Mississippi – think that seat can definitely be in Mississippi, Mississippi yeah. like what what's the game plan because we well, can talk game, all day long and be mad and fired up and ready to that's go exactly right but that's not going to change anything what well, what the, can we do the game plan is always about making sure that we can win some of these races and that's the thing that I tell folks yes we can't not we can't out organize um uh you know suppression I, I, we can try to mitigate it with organizing right but we can't out organize it 
but we can recruit the best candidates that we possibly can and put them up and give these people some opposition to push them on it. You know, people told me, well, you know, you shouldn't run because there's no way to win in, in South Carolina. Well, if you don't run, there's definitely no way you're going to win. You got to put some opposition up against these people. I had Lindsey Graham changing his underwear every right and left. He was crying on, on radio and TV every day, pissing his pants because we were giving him the fight of his life. And you know what? I do it all over again because you got to keep them honest. You got to let them know that, that, that they have to earn the vote and the right to, to sit in those seats. I just talked with Abby uh, Finkenauer out in Iowa who is running against uh, um, uh, <laughs> what's this? Chuck Grassley. Uh, and I can tell you, she got the fire in her belly. She has the fire in her belly, but she said, you know, Jamie, nobody's giving me a chance because we're in Iowa and because I'm running against Chuck Grassley who's been here for forever. And I told mm, her, I said, you got to paint the contrast. You got to make the difference. And so uh, it's about supporting these candidates when they're run, not, you know, being pundit and say, well, you don't have a, a shot. Well, we will never have a shot unless we actually push up against these people and let them know uh, that you have to earn these seats. Uh, they, they're just not going to be given. Chair Harrison. Yes, I love what you said about, you know, if no, they did, I didn't do anything. And then when they came for me, there was no one. Can you tell us something very practically that we can expect if this voting right bill doesn't pass and we lose the Senate and the House in 2022? These are the things that you can expect. You can expect that almost immediately after Kevin McCarthy or maybe be Jim Jordan, because I actually think Kevin McCarthy is too weak uh, to be the Republican Speaker of the House coming um, with, with the crazies, with Cawthorn and, and Boebert and all those folks. They want somebody from the crazy caucus side of the, the Republican conference where they are. Now, the whole conference is crazy, but right now they want the real extreme. Uh, and that will be a Jim Jordan type. So don't be surprised if, th if this comes to down fruition that is not Kevin McCarthy. Um, so one of the things that we will immediately see is that they're going to try to move for some type of impeachment. Uh, impeachment of, of, of Joe Biden, not because he has done anything that is worthy of impeachment, not, not unlike uh, the, the former president. It is because, you know, they don't care about the institution. They don't care about the Constitution. They, they don't care about American democracy. They only care about power. You will see that they will try their very best to go after health care, their very best to go after uh, all of the other rights that we are seeing being attacked right now, they will try to codify, uh, you know, the Supreme Court's going to try their best to gut Roe versus Wade, and then the Republicans in Congress will then try to codify that to make sure that, that it, it is set in law as well. Um, so, you know, all of the worst case scenarios that you can think of, well, folks, just buckle up. That's what you will get, mm. um, a, a rollback on all of these things. Uh, because that's what you do in a fascist government. Could you see that what happened in Texas could start happening in other states where things that are federally protected, they could just say, well, we're going to allow our citizens to enforce? They, the they're, al they're already trying to replicate that in some states. They are already trying to take that game plan. Now, what I say to some of our Democrat states is, you know, uh, turnabout's fair play. 
uh, and Gavin Newsom has done this on, on the issue of guns. He said, well, if, you are, if this is the model that you're gonna use, then this is what we're gonna do in, in uh, California. Um, but you know, it shouldn't have to be that way. We as American citizens should, should expect that our constitutional rights will be protected in all facets, but they're just not at this point in time. And this is why, and Karen, you know, I've said this multiple times on your show, why I also tell people why a local elections are probably even more important than the presidential election. Because all of this is happening because Republicans control state houses. And many of those seats are determined in midterm elections, not presidential elections, but midterm elections. And so when we don't come out to vote during those times, uh, then we are given that power over to other folks to make those decisions. And now these, these people who are in these seats to make decisions are making some that are very contrary to everything that we are and who we are and what we believe. So those 80 something year old senators, are they running unopposed? I mean, could they be beaten? I mean, listen, some of these seats are gonna be hard. I mean, and, and we just need to go into it. That in order to flip some of these seats is gonna take not just one cycle, it's gonna take multiple cycles. Mm -hmm. and, and the reality is that's how the Republicans gained it. You know, they didn't win, uh, it, the South used to be democratic, but over a period of time, <coughs> they were able the to- The Democrats were the slaveholders then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Democratic Party, there definitely was a transition there, right? But even in the 80s, you know, in South Carolina in the 80s, um, the 1980s, we had the governorship, the Democratic governor uh, was a governor, lieutenant governor, all the statewide, and we controlled both the House and the Senate. But they were able to chip away at that um, and, and able to flip that. Well, you know, politics and, and history is like a pendulum. It swings we, back and forth. But sir, we know that, that people are moving to the South. We've got the population in the South. The gerrymandering is, key. I mean, population-wise, it probably should still be Democratic. Yes, and, and that is why they are trying to codify into law right now these things, because they aren't dumb. They see the trends that are happening. They see that Georgia is the future of the South right now in terms of what will mm -hmm. happen in the South, that, but what they are, and the reason why you see this rush into getting these things done and codifying all of this stuff is because they see that these Southern states are once again becoming much more brown than they have been uh, in the past. All those people whose uh, foremothers and forefathers who went to the industrial Midwest and to the Northeast, those people are coming back home. They're coming back to Atlanta. They're coming back to Columbia and Charleston and Charlotte. And they're changing the demographics and the politics of those spaces. But the Republicans still control. And they still control on the local level. And that gives them the authority. Look at what they did in North Carolina. Instead yeah. of, as soon as they saw that there was a possibility of getting a Democratic governor in North Carolina, they took away the rights and the power of the governor. So the governor has no authority in the redistricting process. In most other states, the governor can veto the, the lines. But in North Carolina, the legislature said, nope, we're not going to let it. And so therefore, they took away that power from the governor. They did the same thing in Kentucky. If Mitch McConnell decides to step down in Kentucky right now, the governor in most states, the governor can replace the senator with somebody on a temporary basis. Well, they can't do that in Kentucky because the Republicans who still controlled on the local level took that power away from the governor mm. just in case. And so 
you know, J- Jamie folks. Harrison, I'm going to ask you to stick yeah. around. I have one more question for you. Yo, of course. I'm going to get my full time with you. Jamie Harrison, head of the DNC, is here. And Victor gave you one more F to keep for the messaging for the Republicans. They operate in fear, fascism, and fraud. You can do that. Yeah. Do a triple. I'm going to add three, that. Victor, yeah, alliteration. I'm Three, fear, fascism, and fraud is the, the motto in the in the edict on, on the Republican side. Uh, Jamie Harrison stuck around. Tanya Pinkins is here. We were talking off mic about solutions, solutions, solutions. Before we get into, like, what we can do with these open seats and show up to vote, you were sharing that you, you were afraid uh, of yeah. what's going to happen. I see it. Like, I, I predicted Trump was going to win the primary and everyone was like, shut up, stop saying it. I was like, "You, the tea leaves are right there. This country is moving in that direction. And if he becomes the nominee, he's going to win. And people thought I was absolutely crazy, but I put my finger up and I tested where the wind was blowing, and that's what I saw. And Hillary was a problematic candidate, and nobody was listening. And I was like, okay, all right. So I came up with the party of Lincoln strategy. I was like, let's, let's affect this primary. Let's give them Jeb Bush can't beat Hillary. Uh, you know, Kasich probably can't beat Hillary, but Trump can beat Hillary. I knew that. And nobody listened. And the same thing is happening right now. Jamie Harrison, 2022 is going to be a disaster if we don't do something. So you said you're afraid. You're afraid. I I am afraid, Karen. Um, uh, I I am deeply afraid. And and I've talked to, you know, folks at the White House, uh, friends on on the Hill, the leaders on the Hill and the House and the Senate, governors. Um, secretaries of state, who I spent a lot of time with, the Democratic secretaries of state. I'm afraid, you know, listen, I, you know, first and foremost, before I'm the DNC chair, before I'm a you know, former U.S. Senate candidate, I'm a black man in South Carolina raising two black boys. If you want to strip down, strip me down to who I am, that is who I am. And as that, I am afraid about where I see we are going in this country, particularly, particularly uh, if we lose the House and the Senate in these governor's races in this midterm election. And we all need to be afraid. We all need to be fearful about what then comes. Who gets the brunt? We know in this society who carries the weight uh, when, you know, as they say, when the nation gets the flu, who the hell gets the, uh, if if the nation's got a flu. Yeah. <laughs> right we got covid <laughs> right it, it 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 is um we should all be extremely concerned right now and the level of anxiety that we should have uh should be extremely high mm-hmm. uh because what we see and history teaches us all of us we have seen this in history that there's an anxiety because people see that the nation is changing and, and, and their perceived power is slipping away and, and this and that. And so folks do all kinds of things that are not rational. And irrational folks are dangerous folks. Mm-hmm. And, and so that is why I am fearful. And that's why the urgency for me is at an all-time high. And that's why we got to do everything that we can to make sure as I said, I will, I will do everything in my power to make sure that my boys don't have to live the life that their grand, my grandparents lived, right? They didn't have the right to vote. They didn't have the right to do so much. My grandma, I told my staff just recently the other day, Karen, a story that I don't share that often, but I've been sharing with folks lately about my grandma when I was asking her about being a little girl. And she told me this story 
about how her mom, when she was eight or nine, her mom huddled all of the kids together and tell them, be quiet, hush, don't say a word. And the KKK was marching down the street in their neighborhoods. She told me, she said, you know, Jamie, I never seen my mom that scared. And Karen, when she was telling me that story, I'd never seen that fear in my grandma's eyes. Fear that she still had from when she was a little person. My grandma's still alive. So that wasn't that long ago, right? You know, in some, of, in, in some aspects, I think people think of our history as something that took place, like when they hear about the marches, the civil rights marches and the beatings and the hangings and the lynchings and, and these voter suppression eras, like that happened during the 1800s when it, no, it just happened. It just happened where people are still alive who did some of those things, they are still alive, and who were the victims of some of those things who are also still alive. So we all carry that, the, the scars and the history and that historical pain, we all carry that, or many of us do. And so I'm scared because I don't want us to relive our history. That is what I'm scared about. I don't want my boys to, to relive those times. So we got to step up. We, we all got to stand the hell up and, and, and do something about it. And I'm trying to do my part, but we all, this ain't on one person. And right. I want well, folks to understand that too. But you took the seat, <laughs> Jamie Harrison. And, you know, um, and I was happy you took the seat because I love the campaign you ran in South Carolina. I was sad that you lost, but, you know, and I, I actually thought you should do what Stacey Abrams is do, doing, run again, run again. Uh, because I feel like in many ways, you know, and I, I experienced this when I had a business and somebody gave me a million dollars that I had to kind of listen to the money, even though in my heart I knew what I needed to do. And I let them take my vision for what I wanted to do with my business. And I followed the, you know, what the money people told me. And I yeah. feel like you're sitting in a seat uh, stunted in a way. All of that passion and coming from South Carolina, knowing the history of this country, knowing the history of that state with that Confederate flag and all of the, the blood that's in the soil and that all of that, you know what's at stake here. And it's not a fear tactic, y'all. They're operating in fear and fascism and fraud. We are underestimating <laughs> that fear and what that fear will manifest. And that's why, you know, for me, voting rights is everything. We have to get yep. this done. And those of you, oh, my vote, I'm not voting. You're stupid. You're ignorant. You don't understand what this is. That shouldn't even be a contemplative thing that I might not vote. And I get, you know, we feel like our vote is being, you know, usurped or, they, they, you know, Biden and Harris aren't respecting us. And why are we voting for them? It ain't about them. It's about Jamie Harrison's grandmother. It's about my grandmother. Yes. It's about all of the people, not just who died, but Megger Evers and everything. This is this is how important it is that they killed Megger Evers for going out. Come on, right? The people who live. The people this is who are not living about right the, now. not about the bridge and summer. This is about: Do you want to have a country that you have a say in, <laughs> or do you want to wait for them to come round you up? Because that's how serious it is for me. Um, that 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 poem and it happens quickly. Crystal knock the day before. Everybody was going about their business, his neighbors. Everything was good, and then that thing happened, and then. Just like that, it happens quickly. And this has been a slow civil war we're, you know, heading towards. So I just, I want to know, is there something, Jamie, when you came into this office that you wanted to get done that you just couldn't get done, that you feel like handcuffed by the office itself? 
Well, you know, part part of the thing is it, it's about a, a culture change too, Karen, um, and a culture change within party politics. And, you know, there are folks who look at politics the way that it used to be. And now I think as our times have evolved, the party has to evolve as well. Um, and our tactics and our strategy also has to evolve. We have to be creative. We have to keep our finger on the pulse of where things are going. And sometimes it, it's, it's, it's difficult to do that, right? Partly because we are an extremely diverse party. Um, you know, the reason why it's so easy for the Republican Party, just look at them. They're monolithic. They all look the same. They all come from the same place. I mean, you go to the Republican conference, you throw a rock and you hit somebody and who the hell knows who you hit because everybody is sort of the same, right? You go to a Democratic caucus meeting and it's very, very different. Uh, you got, you know, it's like the whole rainbow of folks from the, in terms of ethnicity and religion and gender identity and sexual orientation, everything. Everything that you see in America, you find in the Democratic Party. Well, that's our, our blessing, but also it comes with complications. That means then we're coming from different places and we all, our prioritization on stuff ain't always gonna be the same. You may prioritize you know, criminal justice reform or whatever, somebody else from the, the West Coast may prioritize climate change or whatever as their top issue. And so then what we have to do for our party is then find something that is big enough, that is elastic enough that can and strong enough to accommodate all of the diversity that we are. And that's why sometimes it is a struggle. People say, well, I, where is the democratic message? Well, I can come up with a message, but that message may not resonate with the people in, in, in Brooklyn the same way that it'll resonate the people in Mississippi or the folks that, uh, out in Beverly Hills, right? And so we got to have something that is expansive enough, that is elastic enough to fit everybody, but also that is motivating enough to keep us all together. Now, if what you see right now that the Republican Party is doing in this country is not enough to scare you to say, you know what, let's put the disagreements uh, aside and focus number one on getting voting rights done to make sure that we can all enjoy our rights long term. Uh, I don't know then what will it, it, it will take you to wake up because folks, this right now is something. It yeah. is something like we have never seen before, at least never in my lifetime. And, um, uh, you know, I'm scared. I hope you are, too, because that will prompt us to, to act in the manner that we need to act. Uh, now, I know, Karen, you wanted to know, particularly on these Senate seats, we need more seats in the Senate. Bottom line, we are in a 50-50 Senate. I know a lot of people think you can make miracles in the Senate. The way that the Senate is currently configured, you can't get anything done without 60 votes. The only thing you can do is reconciliation. You need 60 votes to get anything done in the Senate. And the only way to change that is to get more than 50 senators right now uh, to change the rules in the Senate to allow us to get past that, that legislation. You're muted. They use the nuclear option when they want to push through things to push through the, their Supreme Court thing. So why can't we do that? Because they don't have you don't have the nuclear option with Manchin and Cinema. <laughs> you don't have the nuclear option. They're not on board. So and Biden can't just executive order away the filibuster. Nope. He can't. Nope. That that it's a Senate, it's a Senate rule. So you got to be a, a member, a voting member in the United States Senate. And that's why, you know, you know. What, what hurts my heart, 
Karen, is when I didn't win that race. Because listen, had I won my race in the United States Senate, I would be the 51 center for, for Chuck Schumer, and we'd be that much closer to be yeah. able to get rid of yeah. the, uh, yeah. this thing at this point. Had we won in North Carolina, or <clears throat> in Iowa, in Alaska, in Maine, we had a lot of good candidates last cycle. Uh, just one or two more of those seats, we would be in a totally different situation right now. Uh, but this is the thing. This is what my grandma said, control what you can control. Right now, folks, we can control and add more seats in the uh, United States Senate in this election. You remember in 2020, we had 80 million votes. They had 70 some million votes. Our people haven't gone away. We just need to wake up and make sure that we go to the polls. If we go to polls the same way we went in 2020, we win, we add more seats to the United States Senate, and therefore we can change a lot of the stuff. But okay. I know folks are frustrated. I, I, I know that they, they, they're concerned, but you can't give up, folks. You right. cannot so the, give the up. The open seats right now, uh, so we got to hold Nevada. We got so, Raphael Warnock, Reverend, Reverend Dr. Raphael Warnock. We got to hold that seat in Georgia. Georgia, we got a seat yep. in New Hampshire that has to be held. In Arizona. In Arizona. Uh, Mark Kelly. And then, so those are four seats that we have to hold just to keep our 50-50. And then we need to add more to the 50-50, right? Here are, some of the, here are some of the states that I would say for folks, if you are in these states, make sure you register, get your family registered, make sure that you know all the things about going to vote. Knock on doors, uh, make some phone calls. All of that can be helpful. And I'm going to just run the tally. Uh, North Carolina, open seat. We got African-American woman who is running there uh, who well, we can add to the United States Senate. Pennsylvania is an open seat. Wisconsin, <clears throat> Wisconsin we got crazy Ron Johnson. Y'all, he is, he is bad, uh, crap badass crazy. crazy. Right. Yes. Bad crap crazy. Yeah. Uh, uh, so Wisconsin, make sure uh, you, you're voting in, in that state. Florida, Val Demings, who is running, who is fantastic, running against Marco Rubio. In Ohio, Iowa, uh, in South Carolina, we got we had two sisters running against Tim Scott here in South Carolina. Kentucky, Louisiana, Missouri, Alaska. Uh, those, and, and then there are a number of other states, Arkansas. Um, uh, South Dakota, we got a number of, of places where we can run. And, and listen, I've run for the Senate. It ain't easy running for the Senate. It is a huge sacrifice um, to put yourself out, particularly in today's politics, um, where people are coming after you on a personal level and coming after your family. And so uh, support these people when you see them run folks, uh, even, even if it's in a tough state or a tough district, but support them. They need your support because it's, it's a heavy weight that they carry. Sir, I have this question. We know that the Senate period is problematic. We have two, two senators per state, states with the number, the whole state has a population that a city has. Like, what do we do to change that? Because if that doesn't happen, the way the population is moving in the country, the Senate will run the country and the population will not be represented. We need yeah, to move to North and South Dakota like a great <laughs> migration. Millions of black people need to take our asses to North and South. I know it's cold and chilly there. Ain't gonna happen. And, uh, that's what we need to do. If we were really about that life, 
Seriously, oh. all these organizations, Urban League and WACP, like get a busload of people and pay for relocation <laughs> of black folk in these places where these people are running the table and the cost of living is cheap. Uh, we go with our own tech jobs. I promise you. Oh, my you goodness. plenty of land. Uh, Karen, plenty you of land. So much well, land. It's true. It's it's true, though. I like that idea. I, I'd go move there. Yeah, with a purpose. Well, it, for, it, just for a cycle. You know, that's right. have residency. You know how to do that. We know how to. Come on. Yeah, All right, but you, you raise a point, though. Tanya, I'm sorry. I just. Oh, my goodness. It's just to me, you you know, it, for people who play, you know, chess or what have you. Strategy is everything. You know, you look at, OK, here's it. Y'all got this. This is what they did. They looked at the map and they were like, OK, what do we need? Oh, we could gerrymander. How do we do that? All right. The legislature. All right. So you're going to run. You're going to run. Nobody shows up. You could win with a thousand votes. You got a thousand people. Let's call the thousand people. Make sure you get elected. Oh, you're running other polls. Don't say nothing. Don't talk about the state. But this is the plan. Like it's like we keep getting on our heels and then we reacted to everything. And this is what I'm saying to you, Jamie Harrison. Like, what's the offensive? Like, I'm an offensive yeah, person. I, I I'm going to say you. this out loud. Everybody knows this already. I am very offensive. I'm not a defensive person. I'm going to punch you in your mouth verbally, of course, not physically, <laughs> and wait for you to react. I'm going to shock the hell out of you. I'm going to do – like, I feel like y'all just waiting, and then you react. And then it's well, like they already 10 steps ahead. I'm like, no, pull the table thing, break all of the dishes, and let's go. <laughs> Just I don't understand well, it. As, I don't know if you're a football fan, but I always tell my staff this and the, from day one of becoming chair is I have never seen uh, a team play prevent defense and win a championship. You just you, you just you don't, you don't do it. Uh, and, and even if you have the lead, if all you do is prevent defense the entire damn game, you're going to lose. Mm. You are going to lose. So you've got to go on the offense and you got to be okay with it. And it's partly, you know, part of it is in the DNA. I think the Democrats versus Republicans, you know, Democrats go into government because they see it as a vehicle in order to do good and to try to help people for the most part. Right. Republicans go in because of power. It, 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 it is, it is have the power. And we got to understand that mentality and we have to build and, 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 and play the game based on that mentality of understanding who our opponent is and how they're going to, to act. So we got to be on the offense, put them on the, on the, on the heels, put them on the de- defense. Uh, and so I, I, you know, I subscribe to that philosophy too, but again, it, it's about how you change the culture of a party. And, you know, I've been in the job for less than a year and I can tell you, I'm not going to be able to change that overnight, but we're going to, we're going to, we're going to try to affect on the margins where, where we can, right? Control what you can control. All right. Well, listen, I appreciate you giving us your time. I know you got to run. Uh, and I thank you for coming in monthly and checking in. Um, yes, ma'am. Jamie Harrison, follow him. I know y'all tired of getting the donations, but you know, we're going to be here. We're going to hold them accountable to make sure the money gets to well, where it needs to well, be. Well, and, and Karen, I, I hope you have been enjoying my clapbacks recently. You know, Kellyanne Conway tried to come for me last night. Mm. Uh, and, and I was, I was, I was ready for it. And, and had she responded <laughs> one more time, one more time. I told my mama this, uh, this afternoon before your show, one more time. See, I said, but that's the problem though, Jamie, she shouldn't have thought that she could do that. I'm going to no, tell you that right well, now. But, I wish I, I wish somebody would. She shouldn't I, even I, think she could. I think everyone contemplates. Am I coming for Karen Hunter? 
No, because she she might snatch my edges before I even open my mouth. I think they shouldn't think that they could come for you, Jamie. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. She well, should know. Well, well, this is the thing, Karen. From here on out, she knows not to not to step ah. this Okay. Uh, it was a little too hot in that kitchen because she didn't respond because she I was ready for if she did. And right. and that's the thing. I'm going at these people in a way I'm not going to be the genteel uh, DNC chair uh, of years past. I'm letting people know what the hell I feel right now about where we're going and, and who they are. And I'm, I'm a double down. Out. I'm a deputize you to do whatever needs to be done. I got your back. You can always come here. If you need somebody to slap hands and come in and do we could tag team, I'm here. I got you. I'm do what you, you need to do, here. Jamie Harrison. I'm going to call you on it. Thank right. you. I, I promise. It. I got your back. All right. Jamie Harrison, love you. Thank you. Love you, too. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.